I'm standing at the edge of this waterfall, beautiful waterfall, that's just beside the property of my sister and brother-in-law and their place just above Leadville, Colorado, where we've had the privilege to spend a few days here. It's been a beautiful time. This waterfall is a metaphor, and we're going to come back to that uh, a little later on today. But uh, we have an adventure today. Let me turn this around so you can see me. We have an adventure today. We're going to climb a mountain. Why a mountain? Well, it kind of seems like 2020 is the year of mountains to climb. We started this year with all this craziness of uh, COVID-19 and all the challenges that it's created for us and, and, and some of the opportunities actually, because if it was regular, uh, we couldn't do this for the sermon time today. But uh, with one or two positives, there've been so many negatives with this. And it's been such a hard time for so many of us and so many people have had their lives disrupted. It's been a, a mountain to climb. And then also, more recently, the mountain to climb related to all the difficulties related to race and injustice and, and events that have transpired that have brought to people's mind just this experience that there's this massive mountain in, uh, in front of us, this mountain of, of justice. How will we ever climb it? Alicia and I are going to climb a mountain today. We're going to take you along. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see how this goes. But I think we'll find some lessons along the way. So we're about ready to get started. There's Alicia. You see her over there. I'm going to head back over here across the creek. And on to the ATV for the first part of our journey. Now I'm going to give this to her. I love ATV rides. Jeff is an awesome driver. I love to feel the wind in my face. It's a great way to get partway up the mountain. But we don't know how to put it in reverse. We haven't figured this out yet. And the parking brake is on. So we're going to push it back. All right, it's in neutral. And awesome. we're ready to go. It's also really bumpy sometimes. journey to the mountaintop just feels like you're being carried. It can be a little bumpy, but there you are. You just got the job or you're engaged or you finally got into that degree program you wanted or you're pregnant and you feel like, yes, I've arrived. But if you've ever done any of those things, then you know the journey has just begun. So sometimes we come to the end of God's initial provision 
and we think, wow, Lord, you're going to get me the whole way, but not on the ATV. And when it comes time, we have to remember, God didn't say go and then stop. The Great Commission says go and I'm with you always. We don't stop. So what do you do? You gear up, you get your stuff on, and you head up. Now, there's no mountain there, right? We said we were climbing a mountain. Oh, there's a mountain there. We just can't see it right now. But sometimes we walk by faith, not by sight. We're gonna go up there. We're gonna go up this mountain. God's calling you up, mountains. Sometimes we walk by faith. So let's get going. Gear up. Let's go. Looks easy. Sometimes it looks easy, but it sure isn't. Does your life ever feel like this? You know, they say that nature is God's second book. And when I'm out in it, I'm always learning something. And one of the things about these rocks is that they can look really secure. They can even look like they're in the ground. But I always double test them before I put my weight on them. Because like this, that's gonna roll like just water bottle did just a little bit ago. And that could be disastrous if it was a person. So it just reminds me that there is nothing that we can put our trust in that will always be a secure foothold and always hold us but Jesus and there's a psalm for David who I think probably climbed a lot of mountains in his time and a lot of rocky places says who is God except the Lord Yahweh and who is a rock who's solid like a rock besides our God the God who girded me with strength and made my way safe he made my feet like the feet of a deer, and he set me secure on the heights. And that's what we're headed for is the heights. And I'm thinking about how wealth isn't secure, people aren't always secure, talents aren't secure, our country isn't always secure, but God is. So as you climb, every now and then you stop to try to catch your breath certain things start coming into view, certain hints of why the climb was worth your time. You can't see it all clearly, but you start to get an idea. And as we look at the challenges that we face in this year, as we climb the hills, maybe we can start to get an idea. So, I'm not at the top yet. But I'm tired, and because I'm tired, I decided to take a little break. You can see, got a little ways to go up here on this little part here. But uh, as you get higher, sometimes some things start coming into view better. You can start to see a little more. Now, if I just showed you this view, this is the only view you had, you might think, oh, he's still in the woods. But I'm not in the woods. In fact, these are some of the last trees left. Take a look over here. See? Sometimes your, perspe your perspective makes all the difference in the world. 
And I want to say something about that, something about perspective, because as we as we climb the mountain, sometimes it might look to us like, well, I don't know what they're complaining about, they're still in the woods. Or I don't know why they're tired. I'm comfortable on my couch right now. But you'd know I was tired if you'd been hiking with us. And so I wonder if maybe sometimes when we get into these situations like we're in right now in the country where there's a lot of frustration and a lot of pain, if maybe the best thing we could do is those of us that think we're still in the forest might listen to some of the ones we trust. Some of the ones that otherwise seem like their lives are a lot like ours. But they see something other than what we're seeing. And it really is in that context that uh, I read something today. Let me get it here on my iPhone. That uh, was written by Victor Maddox. Now I don't know if you know Victor Maddox, but if you've been in the Florida Conference long enough, you know who he is. Because he was uh, one of the conference leaders here in Florida Conference. He was a regional ministerial director for a time. And then he got a call to go to the Georgia Cumberland Conference to be uh, the uh, vice president for ministerial uh, for that conference. I just want to read you a paragraph here of, of something that he posted on Facebook. Now, I want to try to show you a picture here. Because he included in here a picture of his first grade class. I don't know if you can see that. We got a little reflection there. Let me try to get it better. Maybe you can see that. If you look in the back row there, there's a, there's just one African American kid in the back row, and then there's one other in the middle row. Victor was going to a school in Atlanta and his family moved into an area that was mostly white families and he had a teacher her name was Miss Goldstein you know, I can't help but wonder with a name like that if she herself wasn't Jewish and hadn't experienced certain uh, certain systemic racism in America in her life but this was from I think he said 1966 1967 And this is the last paragraph. He writes, Since those days I have witnessed countless steps taken by people of all colors to address the need for racial equality. I am deeply deeply gratified to see the world uniting to stand against this systemic evil. The swelling voice is calling for change and the relentless expectation for such will change the world. Until systemic change becomes a reality, I encourage each of us to practice the examples of people like Miss Goldstein, who decided that change would begin with them. One of the things she did is the first day that Victor attended, she brought him to the front of the class. And she was trying to find a place for him to sit. And unfortunately, some of those kids that otherwise looked normal and nice didn't have nice things to say when she said, can Victor sit by you? Can Victor sit by you? And it took her four tries to find somebody that was willing to let him sit next to them. But she didn't quit. And she kept trying to give Victor the chance to be recognized. He goes on, without fear of personal loss, let's step into the fray to advocate for those needing our voice and actions. And what I mean by that is maybe those of us that can just see trees 
that we take a minute and listen to the voices of those that don't have any trees to keep them from the wind. Respectfully educate those who do not understand. Challenge those who casually dismiss the issue. And most difficult of, difficult of all, be relentless in extricating weeds of racism that may insidiously fester in the recesses of our own being. That's the thing. We often don't know what part of it is even there. And so that's why I say maybe, maybe let's listen more closely to the voices of those who otherwise we think are just like us. Who we think are living in the trees, but their view is a little bit different. Because we're trying to go to a mountaintop together. There was another man who was trying to go to a mountaintop. His name was Martin Luther King Jr. And he gave a speech the day before he would die. And he said these words, We've got some difficult days ahead. He said, but it doesn't really matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Less than 24 hours later, he would be shot. We're trying to go to a mountaintop. And uh, we want to go together. Let's listen to each other. Let's spur each other on to good works. Let's get to this mountaintop. So, we're getting close to the top of the ridge. That's not the top of the mountain, but it is the ridge. And you can see, Makes a difference who you climb with. And uh, this is the best person for me to climb with on this mountain. And uh, you're the best church for us to climb with on this True. Now, if this were, if we were a Colorado church, this would be a totally gratuitous shot. But we're a Florida church, so for those of you who've never seen it, this is called snow. And you know what you can do with snow? So we're making progress, we're getting closer but we're not there yet, and this is probably about as close to the summit as we've ever been. We've been up here a couple times but we've never actually been to the top. So the top is just under 13,000 feet and we're probably at about, I don't know, 12,400 or something, 12,500, something like that, which uh, not 14 some of the mountains around us are 14 but but it is about 12,400 feet higher than uh, the pulpit at the Forest Lake Church so that's a pretty big deal but uh, I want to read you a text here because as we're going along you know sometimes you're tempted to quit and this is one of those points where we could be tempted to quit but I want to read you a text it's from Hebrews chapter 12 and it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, 
and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Right now, the race for us is to get to the top of this thing, and we're going to do it. We're going to get there. For our church, there's some other races marched out for, marked out for us. We've got to run them with endurance. We've got to take them on right now, and we've got to take them on in the long run. How do we do it? It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Those of you who are in danger of losing heart, don't grow weary. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let's keep this fight. Let's stay in this fight. Let's stay together. It says, endure hardship as discipline. And then it says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. I know about weak knees right now, but I'm going to strengthen them. We're going to go to the top. Yeah, I was thinking about not losing heart. And that one of the ways that Jesus really helps us not to lose heart is he gives us people to journey with. Um, Thinking about weak knees, going up is always so much easier for Jeff, and he encourages me on the way up. And going down is so much easier for me, and I encourage him on the way down. I'm just sort of falling the whole time. (laughs) And um, the call to follow Jesus is really individual, but the journey is often with other people. And that's one of the gifts, Christian community, this side of heaven. So so we have this journey together. And Revelation 14 talks about the ones who make it through. It's at the end of the three angels' messages. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We talked about that. What what that word patience is there, that's that hupomone word. That means patient endurance. That means you're not quite there. Keep going. Keep going. It's worth it. You're going to get there. So we're going to keep going. We're going to get there. And all of us, let's keep going. We're going to get there. So here it is, proof that we made it to the top. It was quite a battle, but uh, this is the marker at the top. Now I gotta say I'm a little disappointed today because there's forest fires to our southwest and today's wind was southwest. So it's hazy. Now we're gonna splice in some pictures we took on another day that's crystal clear. But look at this. Look what happens when you get to the top of the mountain. God shows you amazing views that you would never see if you didn't fight the fight, if you didn't stick with it, if you didn't stay going through. Now we're going to scoot down here and get out of the wind, and I want to read you a text, and then I want to give you a challenge, and then we're going to look at one other thing as we head down. One more lesson we can learn today, but first we're going to scooch down here. So here's the message I want to share at the top of this mountain, because this is relevant to all the mountains that we climb, and again, it's in... uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 
verse 14. It says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Here's the thing. Climbing mountains is hard. I'm pretty sure there were a couple times on the climb up I wasn't very holy. I was a little impatient or I was really tired or something like that. And that's how it's going to be in our journey together, in our life together as a church. There's going to be times when it's hard. And it's going to be hard for us to be holy with one another. But that is so important at a time like this. That we will maintain that holiness. And that we will maintain that love for one another. Because these are the people I love, right? That's what we've committed to. So let me read you a little more of this. It says, Without holiness no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It'd be easy for a lot of bitterness to come up and cause problems in this time. We've got to be gracious with each other in this time and in these hours. It goes on and says, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. So since we're receiving this kingdom that cannot pass away, let us climb together the mountains that we find. Now you can't live on the mountain. We can only stay up here for so long. It's part of God's will that we go back down. And there's another message for us as we go back down, a message that the water teaches that will bring us back to the metaphor of the waterfall. But for now, let's be holy. And as we head down, let's learn what it means to come down from the mountain. I was thinking about the last time we were here. It wasn't exactly here, it was about 200 feet lower. But we could see a lot of this view. It was actually two years ago, about two weeks after my second surgery, after cancer. And I was just going to come up a little ways. And uh, it was so beautiful that I, I decided to come up at least halfway. And I ended up almost at the top of the mountain because it was so beautiful and the beauty just kept drawing me um, deeper in and further up. It's almost cliche when you get to the top of the mountaintop, the top of the mountaintop with Jesus, you just don't want to come down. And I'm feeling that right now. It's beautiful. I would just love to camp here. But the thing about it is Jesus calls us up to the mountaintop and then he calls us down again. I don't know if you've ever read Hannah Hernard's beautiful allegory about walking with Jesus. It's called Hind's Feet on High Places. And I want to read you a little quote from that because it really gives a feel for what I'm talking about. In it, Jesus is the shepherd and he says to Much Afraid, The high places, answered the shepherd, 
are the starting places for the journey down to the lowest place in the world. When you have Heinz feet and can go leaping on the mountains and skipping on the hills, you will be able, as I am, to run down from the heights in the gladdest self-giving and then go up to the mountains again. You will be able to mount to the high places swifter than eagles. For it is only up on the high places of love that anyone can receive the power to pour themselves down in an utter abandonment of self-giving. We've been talking sometimes about why we follow Jesus. And one of the reasons that I love and admire and follow Jesus is that he started at the top. There was nobody higher than God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he didn't just sit on his throne and look down at us and say, you know what, that's what I said would, would happen. And I'm sorry that looks bad down there, but he got off his throne and he became one of us and he humbled himself even to death. And that descending into greatness is something that Martin Luther King Jr. talks about. And one of my favorite quotes by him, and I'm going to paraphrase it, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't need a college degree to serve. You don't need to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You just need a heart full of grace and to be motivated by love. And so as we go down the mountain, um, on the way down we're going to be looking at some ways that we can serve and that we can love. And it's just a question a lot of people have asked themselves once they get to the top of their jobs, to the ultimate of what they've been striving for, now we're at the top. What next? The water will show us the way. So we're just a little ways off the summit here, and here's a little bit of snow left over. And and uh, so all this snow gets up here in the winter, and, you know, snow might be thinking, I'm really cool, I'm snow, I'm done, I'm on this hill, I'm going to stay here. But that's not how things are in God's creation. Everything gives. And so right now what's going on is this last little bit of snow is melting. And I don't know if you can see it here, but here comes a little bit of water. See that little bit of water? Coming down, flowing down. Now here's the thing. It's not enough right now to even flow all the way. It soaks down in. But later on, it'll come out of the hill into the streams that are further down. And those streams will continue to grow larger and larger as they work together, as they move together down the mountain. There's a lesson in this. Let's see if we can learn it. One of the cool things about water is that it always finds its way to the lowest point. There's a beautiful pool of water that's called Buckeye Lake, and that's a place that Jeff loves to fly fish. We're going to continue following the water down the mountain. One of the things that always amazes me as I'm climbing these mountains are these little tiny flowers and this, the diversity of flowers. And ask Jeff to just put his finger in here so you can see how little those flowers are. There's so many and so many different colors and they just seem content to be beautiful whether anyone sees them or not. It reminds me of the generosity of God. And it also reminds me that while we're waiting for big things to work out or while we're working hard for change, 
that it's really refreshing to look for the small ways that God is blessing us. Right in front of me you can see is another place that the water is pooling and snow is melting and then it's seeping and we don't even know sometimes you can't even tell where the water is but I can tell here it's the lowest place and you see there's little bushy willows there you can't see the water there but I can tell it's there because the plants and the bushes are following the path of the life-giving water. You can see the water is going lower and lower, finding the path down the mountain. And here, it's joining up with a bigger river. Well, I don't know if you call that a river. It's flowing under the snow and then down the path. If you can see all of the trees and little bushes, not so much trees here, that form just right along this waterway. It seems like we're in a season of drought, a season that's really hard right now with COVID and racial unrest. And I'm reminded of a text in Jeremiah that says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. Some of the things that really strike me about this that I think is helpful to me right now and I hope to you, don't fear. Stay green by putting your roots down deep in the love of Jesus. And don't put your trust in anything but God. And then you won't be anxious and you will keep bearing fruit, which a lot of people are going to need during this time. It just all comes down to who and what you put your trust in. So we've been to the heights today, and if we trust God and really make Him priority and stick with Him, we can get to the heights with Him. But once we're there, we'll wonder, what's the point? 
What is it, Lord, that you're trying to teach us? I love the sound of the rushing water behind me. And this view has been one of my favorite views as I've been here during this time. I referenced a book by Hannah Hernard earlier today called Hind's Feet in High Places. And there is a song called The Water Song that I think illustrates what God would have us do really beautifully. Come, O come, let us away. Lower, lower every day. Oh, what joy it is to race down to find the lowest place. This is the dearest law we know. It is happy to go low. Sweetest urge and sweetest will. Let us go down lower still. Hear the summons night and day calling us to come away. From the heights we leap and flow to the valleys down below, always answering to the call, to the lowest place of all, sweetest urge and sweetest pain, to go low and rise again. That's what our Lord did. He descended from greatness and he reached out his hand and he helped us up. And that's one of the challenges that Jeff and I want to give you today. That you would find your trust in God and you would find the strength and the wisdom to go and to do what he's calling you to do. To make the changes in this world and in our country that he's calling you to make. I want to end with this verse from from Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though our plans are completely cut off from what we were planning on doing by COVID-19, though our country seems in turmoil, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. And then he calls me down below to the valley to do the kind of work that he has for us to do. I hope you've enjoyed this today and I hope that you feel encouraged and called to trust and called to make a change but feeling the peace that comes from being deeply rooted in God.